head ripped off. All right. So I made the best of the situation by getting a, a badass desk. But the previous desk I had was one of my uh, grandma and grandpa's. Now, my grandpa passed away last summer. And of course, um, my, my grandma had passed away 10 years ago now. So the house was now empty. So we went through and got a bunch of stuff. And there was a desk in our garage that came from his house that was in the family forever. And no one was using it. I needed a desk. I, I loved it. It was a very nice desk. And I asked everybody in the family, like, is there a game plan for this desk? What's going on? Everyone's like, no, take it, take it, take it. So I took it. Come to find out, I guess right after my grandpa passed, my brother's, yes, it goes down the line here, my brother's girlfriend's sister, I guess, fur like refurnished the desk a little bit, made it a little fresher for my brother, but my brother decided he did not want it. So what ended up happening was her sister ended up visiting their apartment in Chicago and threw a whole fit. And this is a year after I've already had the desk threw a whole fit about him not having the desk. And they came back without even hesitation. Hey, I need that desk. Wow. I'm like, wait, time out. What? Yeah. I need that desk. It's like a big deal. And she's, you know, what and everyone in my family is against like my mom's like just you know give him the desk you know she did it for him i'm like this is bullshit do we hear what we're saying it's not even his girlfriend who's like a part of our family saying anything it's the girlfriend's sister like who the fuck is she go somewhere else like, <laughs> and it's a refurbishes a things and then claims them long after their uh, ownership right. has changed right and that's exactly what it was because this is a desk that's been in our family for i mean decade there's a picture of my grandma when she is younger and the desk is in the picture Whoa. like that's how long this and it was a very nice desk and it was in great shape and she decided to throw a fit and i had to get a new desk because i had to give that one up i fought it for a while and then i decided to get a badass desk which i did not pay for either i said cool then you're buying me a desk good Good. I'm glad that you're like, okay, you can have the desk. Buy me a new one, bitch. Yep. And I said, I get to choose it too. You can nice. take this desk over my Christmas loving dead body. By the way, it's Christmas. <laughs> uh, it is the holiday season. Uh, I mean, happy November 1st, guys. I know it might be November 2nd, 3rd, or 4th when people are listening to this, but happy holiday season. Justin the Elf, what's your favorite color? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with red and green for Christmas. Oh, Sorry, I, ha I had to get spooky season has come and gone. Not against spooky season at all. I mean, er Erica and Chuck can attest to that because they saw my hallway if they were around the building at all the last month. I have not. I uh, work from home you now. Oh, yeah, they went hard. They went real hard. In fact, I believe Justin <laughs> went, went real hard. Justin went hard with the Halloween decorations, which forced the other two hallways to go hard. Like at one point, I do remember hearing Jade say something about like, I hate decorating for fucking Halloween. Yep, but Justin did it. I ha I cannot take all the credit, even though she will not be listening to this. I have to give it out to my girl, Abby Crawford. She loves Halloween and she insisted we do this. And I went with it. We bought these decorations. I was up on a ladder for a whole day, hanging up decorations all over the hallway. And tomorrow I'll be up on a ladder all day, taking those decorations down. 
Yeah. I was too busy today to take them down. But tomorrow they'll come down. And then it's Christmas. Just leapfrogging Thanksgiving, eh? There, it's one thing, you know. Thanksgiving is like a pre-Christmas, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's the Christmas pre-party. Yeah, it's a Christmas pre-party. That's how Thanksgiving is. I mean, we, listen, not a lot of people eat too much when it comes to Christmas, right? Christmas is usually a light party dinner, right? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Christmas ham no. is where it's Christmas, at. No, Turkey's no, a no, dirty, no, filthy ham, dinosaur bird. No, no, yes, turkey sucks, by the way. I'm 100% with you. We do not do turkey in my family. But I will say... The Christmas dinner is less official. Even if there's a ham and stuff, it's kind of just out there and you just come and fill up your plate and go along with the party, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas pre-party Different is a families, little more official brother. of a dinner. Yeah, not not if you grow up in a Catholic family, man, because Christmas dinner is a yeah. big fuck deal. Oh, it's uh, great, but yeah. it's just, you know, it's yeah. still, Thanksgiving is still the Christmas pre-party because Christmas is where it's at. Yeah, uh, well, now, uh, Shawnee, because you uh, you and I have kind of stayed quiet on this holiday revelry. I'm not Christmas. fond. I, I'm not fond of really pretty much quarter four of the year, basically October on. I'm like, eh, I could do without any of it uh, because the real holiday is Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. That's what I look forward to. Yes. Q1 kicking off Q1, essentially. Right. Like it's usually yes. in the first week or so. You got you got New Year's and then you got the you, then you got Wrestle Kingdom. But, but it's wait, awesome. Guys, don't forget this year for New Year's, what's really kicking it off is a WWE pay-per-view on New Year's Day called Day One. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I am out of the loop on this. Do tell. Yes. Yeah, uh, day doing- one, it's in Atlanta. Um, they're not doing from what I heard, there's no December pay-per-view. Yep. Um, and they're going to roll with day one on New Year's Day um, for a pay-per-view. And then the Royal Rumble will be later in January. Okay. It's not the first time they've done this, though. They actually, I don't know if it was on New Year's Eve or day, but New Year's, uh, New, was it New Year's Revolution? Oh, yeah. They did New Year's Revolution two years in a row. The first one was like the first Sunday of January. Okay. It's also the pay-per-view where in the first match, wow, it's funny this came up, too. In the first match, Christian fucked up his leg and was out for a few months. In the second match, three three moves in, Lita fucked up the exact same leg. Wow. Like the card was snake bit. And then yeah. the third match, I clearly remember was who was the guy that won the first tough enough? Maven. Maven versus Shelton Benjamin. And Maven was the heel and had to pick up the mic and cut a five-minute promo to make up time because the other two matches got cut short. And it yeah. was the worst. Yeah. It was all, wasn't it like Puerto Rico too? Yeah. I think that's where they put it. San Juan Puerto, uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. So, which I always struggled to say my entire life. Puerto Rico. Don't know Puerto Rico. Is it is it is, is it, it Puerto or Puerto? I always said that's where that, I've heard both. My my Piero? gringo, my gringo ass says Puerto Rico. Okay, that's what but I've heard Porto. Yeah, I've heard both. So I, I that's why I've always struggled because I I always question myself as I'm saying it, so it comes out weird every time. Well, I, I don't think um our white asses should um, no should you know chime in on the proper pronunciation. No, I that's why I, I'll tell you <laughs> I don't Rico. know the proper pronunciation. <laughs> 
first sighting of the chupacabra in uh puerto puerto rico there you go yeah puerto like that's yeah it's yeah you could say that the spooky season is over, but it's always the spooky season in my heart. That yeah, is no, true. For sure. That's cute. I like that. I like that. Shout out. By the way, speaking of which, Bray Wyatt's officially free as of last week. Is that where you and, want to start? Shawnee hasn't even given Shawnee, us an, an intro. And yeah, I know. I yeah, don't let me run the show to hell. This is going to go right way off the rails. Shawnee, That's all right. No, I think please. that uh, I, I would like to be updated on uh, that this is the one fall show. I am here with... Uh, Chuck Bean, uh, Justin hey. Valentine, and, uh, yep. and 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 our North Star, our Scales of Balance, uh, award-winning Jack to the Gills, Eric Cabanas. Man, my intro, <laughs> my intro say? is getting longer and longer every yeah. week. And, and, and what I'm realizing, and I'm all for that, because Erica, you deserve that. Why is mine and Chuck's getting shorter and shorter? Well, I mean, <laughs> like, I feel here. like, I, I feel like within the next few weeks, we're gonna get, get lucky to get our. I'm trying to constant. This is the one fall show. <laughs> Because both of us there's Chuck and then because both of us moonlight other podcasts, whereas Erica is single to this one, therefore she gets all of the love and joy in the intro. It's tough not to when your favorite podcast we have to talk about. You know what I mean? Like it's tough. No, we don't. We really don't. Bray Wyatt, you were saying Bray Wyatt. Actually, Um, the reason I watched wrestling on Friday night was because that was the night Bray Wyatt became a free agent, and you know it's two days before Halloween, if a spooky character is like, return. how, I mean, nothing happened. I would, you know, spoilers, nothing happened, but like how perfect to be playing a spooky wrestling character and have your contract, uh, like expire the Halloween weekend weekend. of Halloween. Like, yeah, cool. But that is- again, how, how much sense would have it had made for him to show up on SmackDown? about as much sense as an explanation of from Finn Balor's ring explosion. Right. We don't get that either. Uh, but the one thing Look, I heard, I figured that if there was, if I was going to get any chance of seeing Bray Wyatt, the day his contract was supposed to come up, it was either going to come from SmackDown or rampage. And I don't think he's going to AEW right now. If he's going right back into wrestling, if he's going somewhere right now, I don't think it's AEW. If it's going to be AEW, it probably won't be for a minute. Yeah. In my opinion, it's definitely going to be interesting to see where he ends up and when. Um, mainly because I mean, there's there's a litany of options. Well, you know, obviously not Ring of Honor. He's definitely not going there, which <laughs> yeah, we will we'll, uh, talk about later. Which we'll is how good would it have been if he would have signed a contract with Ring of Honor and then immediately cut? Oh, yes. Um, well, I mean, because uh, what's his face? Uh, Bo Dallas. He's got a a shoot name, but he's, he's with a MLW now. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, look at that up. I, yeah. I, you're usually almost always right. So I'll, I'll defer to you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of, I think that's what I saw. I, once again, I, I could be, you know, could have slept on it funny and uh, just, just make it up. Stuff. Taylor, Michael Rotunda. Ah, that's Taylor Rotunda. A, that's a hell of a name there. <laughs> Tay Tay Rotunda. <laughs> we call him Tay Tay because it's fun, fun. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he can he can literally show up. I mean, I'd love to once again, I feel like with anything, I'd love to see him be just a a wicked gaijin in New Japan and just sure. raise some hell. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'd really want him in AEW. I don't know where he would land. 
Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, who's to say? I mean, wherever he's going to live, he's going to add significantly to the product. He's just so he's just so damn clever and creative and just I mean, we all love him. Like, I, I, I mean, how many people do you really know that it's just like, oh, Ray Wyatt. Awful. Right. Like how many people? Zero. Or, or if there's one, it's like, well, they're on crack anyway, so they don't count. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, I do think it's going to be a minute. I think it's going to be a minute. I would well, prefer was, it to be a minute, to be honest. I, I think if he wants to wrestle now, it'll be WWE sometime soon. If I think he, if, if he's going to take some time, that's when AEW comes into the question. I also did hear that he could be going Hollywood um yeah as it well sounds like there's going to be a horror movie coming from yes. uh oh, from wow. rotunda which will be amazing yes i'm well, so for that good for potentially, him potentially yeah potentially i uh, would prefer i would prefer to see him on my television every week just because i'm yes. greedy but uh i also have a lot of faith in you know if you let that mind run free as far as you know making some kind of feature uh yeah I would really be interested in what he was he had to be the, the the three things that I'd read on the dirt sheets over the weekend were that like uh like Justin has said that he has had some meetings in Hollywood with uh some people um there was also reports that um uh people within the WWE said that uh he had made it easy to let him go uh, to which he responded on Twitter something about now that we have Johnny and Bruce's opinion I would like to share my own right yeah um, that'll be interesting what whenever he decides to speak yeah so that could be good and then the other one uh which was i think on sunday is the guy who created the fiend mask actually shared a uh a picture and said that at some point uh wyatt was looking to actually uh physically inhabit all of the puppets like he was going to have different masks <laughs> yeah to be i did different see that. parts of the Big round like the delusional wow. bunny <laughs> yeah, right. been, uh, yeah that would have been yeah, interesting man, if, whoever gets like that's the one thing that i would be okay with aew getting him is because they would let him go i know they yep. would now, yeah there's no there, there, i mean I, I know opinion over and over again there's no room right now but they would let him go and to let him go and do all this off the wall shit with the technology we have, I mean, think of the off the wall shit that the undertaker attempted with the ministry of darkness and this type of character in the late nineties. Right. Right. You try to do something like that in 2021, 2022 with the technology we have to do this type of stuff, or just to create the outfits and costumes and masks that they want for this kind of stuff. And then a mind, not only a mind like Bray Wyatt, but he can pull this off himself it isn't right. just his ideas. He could do it better. At times, honestly, I would go out and say, if I was seven-year-old me, as afraid as I was of The Undertaker, right, watching, I would be more afraid of Bray Wyatt than I was The Undertaker. I oh, think yeah, he even, plays that role better yeah. than The Undertaker times 10. Even creepy Swamp Wizard Bray Wyatt was just a fucking delight. He was oh. captivating. He would stare right into the camera and he would speak with a little bit of that Southern lilt and it was yeah. just, it was great shit, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what made that, what made, you know, the, the first incarnation of Bray Wyatt so scary is the fact that like that's, there's a hint of truth and realism to that yeah. kind of backwater 
cult leader type thing like like you hear of weird ass stories where that shit exists so like that's terrifying when you could find realism in a gimmick you know obviously you know spooky stuff like okay i'll date myself i was uh, i was four years old when the undertaker debuted um and i can't quite think i don't think i was necessarily afraid of the undertaker i was terrified of paul bear oh my god like he scared the shit out of me and uh, honestly you want to know who scared me even more though i hated dr isaac yankum He's oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I was, was what, I was like five, six years old and here's an evil dentist. Yeah. That's oh, going to mess up a kid. So yeah, if I would have saw, um, you know, like the fiend as a child, Oh, nightmare city. Hell Holy yeah. shit. I, I, I don't know that I would be allowed to watch the wrestling show if, uh, after, after the fiend had showed up, cause yeah. it would just scare the hell out of me. I gotta get, I gotta, this is gonna sound off the wall as hell when it comes to what scared me as a wrestling fan. Yeah, let me date myself. So when Triple H was getting like big, 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 and I was. When Triple H humped that mannequin in the coffin, that scared the crap out of a young Justin? Yeah, no, no, no. So Triple H, when he came back in 2002, and yes, six year old Justin dating myself, um, watching that. When he would do, just as a kid, it was creep me out. When he would do the uh, water, the spit water on the apron, and they would zoom in on his face with the light on his face, that face, that look scared me as a kid. It's intense. Okay. Off the wall. Very, I also th- very random. I don't know if that was what he was going for, but that look, because they always zoomed right in and the light was shining perfectly, where like everything about that face creep me out as a kid i could i would always look away my dad would make fun of me make the joke here it comes here it comes it always got me <laughs> i also thought you were going to mention when he shaved all his like his his stuff off and he was completely clean shaven because it would look like a different person yeah he's, that he's that was very, not a good look that was for him. also very scary it was not clean a good look it, it, it almost not- ruins it ruins the evolution era almost because that was also bit. the evolution era because that bit. was not a good look for him Johnny, uh, what wrestler scared the shit out of you? You haven't chimed in. I don't recall a wrestler scaring the shit out of me. I have. To oh, say. you're just yeah. so brave. Johnny <laughs> yeah, was into. It was like the early '80s. You, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was a clown show. Uh, all right. Well, and it was all on right like on, on, on Saturday mornings, right? Or it right. was on early. Yeah. No, yeah, it was. Yeah, you're not. If, when you're not it was watching, a very it, different when, world. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the attitude era, you know. I, I want to, uh, as I wanna... a 30 year old man, I wasn't frightened of anyone in the attitude era. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry, I guess I'm just Mr. Big Britches over here. Yeah, um, right. I mean, shit. I wasn't sick, so what can I say? I, wa- I want to po- <laughs> pose a question since, you know, we're coming off Halloween. What current character in wrestling would scare the crap out of you if you were six year old, six years old watching right now? Fucking and Abaddon. Hey, Abaddon, oh yeah that's not yeah Jesus Christ. let's let's avoid the fiend because that's obvious i, I mean no, it would abaddon, have to be abaddon abaddon is like my my number two is if the fiend is the best at the spooky bullshit currently abaddon is a full number two because i have no idea what she looks like not under the makeup and the contacts and yeah. the piercing 
and it's yes it's like a mutant <laughs> i don't know i don't know but she's living the gimmick and she's fucking good at it and yeah like i dig it i you know i may not have gotten uh the fiend or bray wyatt or Wyndham rotunda in any capacity on friday night but ending the night off with Britt baker and abaddon doing a street fight a trick or street fight was pretty fucking great what does that name come from sounds familiar I will <laughs> honestly though one person you mentioned like Abaddon living that character you don't know what she looks like underneath it the person for me with that was the boogeyman I had no idea what he looked like no. underneath there yeah yeah zero zero idea and when I saw a picture of him uh without the makeup I had no idea who the hell that was until I read or someone told me or something I had zero idea who that was so i mean honestly and one that ruined honestly one character spooky character that wwe ruined was kane yeah because kane was creepy as fuck from like 2000 to 2003 and then when he did the half mask bullshit and you could just see his face underneath it was just i never understood i don't know if there was ever anything that came out as to why they ditched the full mask all these years and every time he went back to it the first thing everyone on social media and everyone said was bring back the full mask, bring back the creepy mask cane. And they would do this half-ass mask every time. I don't know if there's a story behind it, if he struggled with I that mask. I think or there what. was probably a lot of breathing problems with the full mask being, you know, over his, his mouth and, and, and nose, whereas the half yeah. mask part of it too, is that, you know, while we're not living in an era like Shawnee was saying, where it was a Saturday morning cartoon. So you had these like big cartoon characters made to sell, you know, action figures. Um, the more they changed Kane, the more toyetic he became, the easier it was to make an action figure out of him or put him in a video game where kids would want to play as Kane instead of, you know, be either afraid of Kane or just be like, Oh, it's that guy that the under, he's the undertaker's brother and he's got spooky stuff. I think I enjoy the fact that he evolved over time. Like when they did finally take the mask off, you think this could be the end of it, man. Like when you unmask a character, you kind of look at what WCW did with Rey Mysterio and they took the mask off him. And then, you know, it took a couple of years for him to make the WWE when they did mask was back. And a lot of people don't even know what Ray looks like under the mask because you know they didn't live through the wcw era but i i liked that when they took the mask off of kane it was it was a slow start but by the time they got him shaved head shaved eyebrows and he was electrocuting vince or uh shane mcmahon's testicles uh he was a fucking scary big dude yeah i i liked him right off the unmask but it's the years down the road that i'm like okay i liked when he was selling concessions Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, was I think good. the years down the line is what ruined. Right off the unmask, I thought they did that well. Um, when he would he, he would come out in the chains and stuff because he was sure. so like you know off the rails. I love that. But down the line, like they they made him a face. He teamed with the Big Show, and he was just casually a dude, a big dude, right? And and then he had multiple returns to the mask throughout his career right every time they just do this half-ass mask i'm like look if you're gonna have him be the monster go back to what he was and if it was i, I don't know that it was breathing problems because my guy he had, he he worked with that five years yeah so it was just a five slip, years though yeah like, 
It was just literally a, just like a line. There's yeah, an amazing I, story in Mick Foley's book about a dark match he did with Steve Austin, Kane, and uh, I want to say it was The Rock. And The Godfather had just hit. It was a big hit. So they were taking his uh, pimping ain't easy stuff and like making fun of it. And, and like he, he said something about Forrest Gump and shrimping ain't easy. And then The Rock made some joke or something like that. And they were trying to get Austin to break. But then he turned around and he looked and Kane was face down. He had his face down in one of the turnbuckles and you could just kind of see his shoulders shrugging because he was laughing so hard. Pure, I mean, wholesome, good shit. I mean, with, with the breaking of like the mystique around Kane though, like like the team hell no stuff, I will always love. Oh, it's fantastic. Because, you know, because I mean, it was one of those, I'm like, like, oh my God, he has really good comedic timing. It like, feels like for every high point for Kane, there's also an equally low point. Sure. Yeah. Like Team Hell No is great. Remember Fake Kane? Yep. That showed up for one pay-per-view. Yep. Yeah. Who was that? There was some, was it Gallows? Yeah, it was Gallows. Yeah. Oh my God, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. That was Gallows. <laughs> At the same time, Glenn Jacobs played Fake Diesel. So... Yep. It all comes back around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the the uh, the return of Team Hell No when they made that shirt. I really wish I would have got it. It was uh, like an egg, yeah, shaped head of the mask with two arms coming out of it. It was one of the most preposterous. <laughs> it was. Designs. It looked like Modok because so there were arms coming yeah, out, out of like, like where Modoc, the ears no, go. No, no. Yeah, yeah it, it was it was available for about two weeks before it was blown out in clearance because whoever designed it was clearly clearly on drugs. Uh, it was it was very dubious. It was one of their uh, <laughs> less successful. I um, mm, mm. spooky characters. Danhausen has broken his skeleton. Yeah, yeah, I saw that last night. Two spots on Halloween. Oh, it's, oh, a, it's yeah. a terrible week for Danhausen. I I like that. He shot a video with, is it Warhorse was his tag team partner? Yes, Warhorse was his tag team partner, yes. And uh, he shot a video with them, and at the end of the video, he says, that housing is cursed. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, the same week that Ring of Honor tells everybody, hey, if you could find work, take it. You know, Dan Housen now is going to be on the shelf for a little while. I guess, you know, on one hand, that sucks. But on the other hand, something like that couldn't happen to like a guy that's more equipped for it like he's got such a great youtube following he's very active on social media oh yeah he blew up as a result of not being able to wrestle right like he's he's right and and he probably he probably made enough money to fix a thousand legs in uh in in um crowdfunding Sure. Uh, you know, I I feel like wrestling's probably not going to ultimately be where we see Danhausen. I don't know what he's going to end up doing, but I, yeah. I feel like that's sort of this is sort of like a vehicle that's going to get him somewhere somewhere else. But sucks to man snap your leg in two places. First oh, off, yeah, ouch. yeah, the um, tibia and the tibia. Like I knew the because there's the big uh, bone in front and then there's the little bone behind, and you're like, and I saw the X-ray in the tweet, and I was like, ooh, the big bone. He broke the big bone. I didn't realize the little one had a break in it too. That oh, sucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Danhausen breaking his leg on Halloween would be like Justin getting sick on Christmas. Like right. it's just it's just tragic. It's yes. t- it's terrible. Like Very you don't so. want that. No, no. Like Justin getting a lump of coal in his stocking from Santa Claus, I which know, I would Santa. never. 
That would never happen. I'm sorry. No. He's too pure. <laughs> he is. You are. I'm not kidding. You're too about, sweet. I don't know about pure. Yeah, I could be nice. I feel like you sure. need to keep an eye on Justin because he's got that public persona where he's, you know, I, I've referred to him before as the golden retriever of the group. Like he's, yeah, he's very, yeah. Yeah. He's, we had a great very... golden retriever at the clinic today. It was so perfectly well-behaved. Yeah. It was very yeah. much a Justin of dogs. Right, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was so nice. And everyone, everyone loved that dog so much. It was the Justin of dogs. Right. But I'm I, sorry. I feel like you got to keep more of an eye on him because he knows he's got that that reputation. So uh, I, I don't don't paint me to be something like that. I, Time out. I, I I'm think sorry. there's something sinister going behind those uh, those eyes there. Not those sinister. Just, I'm just not pure. OK, I'm Go sorry. Ahead, did, did you not start this podcast by yelling? It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> oh, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. I love the wind-driven snow on a Christmas morning. I love that that's Justin's catchphrase. (laughs) Justin's catchphrase is me every time. That's how he ends all his promos. (laughs) (laughs) It could be the middle of July. He could be cutting a promo for a match at SummerSlam, but he ends it with it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Hey, Christmas in July is a thing. It is. It's true. It's absolutely a thing. There you go. <laughs> I wanted to bring something up, uh, Chuck. You brought up something on Rampage that I actually read about uh, being a thing, and that uh, was uh, Britt Baker and Abaddon ending the show. Yeah. And what was a big thing, and honestly, I kind of agree with the complaint, uh, and that is Brian Danielson and uh, Eddie Kingston opening the show mm-hmm. instead of ending the show. And I mean, I, I, a lot of people saying that's not smart. I 1000% agree, um, especially with the way AEW does their tapings. You need, if you, I mean, you want Rampage to be a, a thing and it is and has been, but when you're, you're recording it on the same night, you know, Shawnee, you saw AEW live. It's, 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 it's way a long too long. Night. It's way it's too long. long. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Right. Yeah. And the reports so, were coming out that people were just leaving in droves. Yeah. After that match. Well, now, after, it, uh, it, yeah, after Danielson and Kingston, they were like, "Well, I saw what I wanted to see," and they were gone. And that's it. You got, and it's not a knock on Britt and Abaddon. It's not a knock on what was the second match? Uh, Matt oh, Sydal and Dante Martin, right? Right, and that was kind of where people were leaving. And that's, I agree. I think there's, they don't want to book in a way that we expect them to book, but at Sometimes the same time, to. they're booking in such an odd capacity, especially with Rampage, that like that show is an hour. And I am all in for the first 10 to 15 minutes. And then I have checked out until the main event yep. almost every week. I mean, you got to be realistic. It's, it's that far out. Erica, I'm so sorry. It's, okay. it's that far out. And also, even for people at home, it's on late at night. It's not a typical eight o'clock start. So like Chuck said, I'm going to watch the first 20 minutes because that's a great match. But when you're putting um, a, you know lower card matches to end the show, all right, I'm good. I'm out. You know, but if you tell me Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston are coming up, even if it's a long night of wrestling in the crowd, I'm going to sit through Britt Baker and Abaddon, which isn't bad, and Matt Seidel and Dante Martin, which isn't horrible, 
to get to Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston. So, I mean, they, they just got to be realistic in that booking. Erica, I think it's ahead. sort of fan service for the people who have to work on Thursday when they're doing the long ass taping on a Wednesday night, but it's sure it's a, just a, it's just the, the Friday night wrestling thing is very strange to me. And especially a taped show on at 10 o'clock. It's just all very odd. I can't imagine this continues forever, right? Like this at some point I believe is going to shake out into something different because it just doesn't make sense. You know, we saw a few weeks ago where SmackDown extended their broadcast and they were doing the little no commercial wars and they were playing some kind of weird games. And then that just sort of went away. I don't, I don't understand what they're doing. It's, it's that, that particular little pocket, that Friday night pocket of the, the wrestling. It's certainly not the Monday night wars, is it? <laughs> no, but I, I, I would think the next step of it is moving rampage an hour earlier. I, I would not be surprised if in the next 12 months, it's like, hey, by the way, uh, we know you guys don't want to stay up late for Rampage and, and we're just going to put it on from nine to 10 instead. So now it's on again, just like it was when NXT moved to Tuesdays. Um, or eventually I have to believe they're going to switch to a second night and they'll have two nights of wrestling, right? You got two, you can do three hours of wrestling on each night. That's, you know, you're getting your money's worth if you're paying for three yeah. hours of wrestling when you consider that you have the dark and elevate um, those will sometimes go over an hour. So I, you know, I don't, I don't quite understand why, I, I guess this is sort of, this is what the television, you know, TBS TNT is allowing them right now in terms of airtime. So this is right. how they're doing it, but it's, it doesn't seem like a sustainable model. It's that, that to me, that, that Friday night hour that's already pre-taped. So we know it, it, that feels like a very weird uh, little impact universe. And mm-hmm. I, I don't see how it stays. And again, the, the show was just way too long. And the fact that people are leaving, you know, demonstrates that, that this is not a model that people are excited for, or they may be excited for, but, you know, by four hours in, they're like, uh, well, maybe my excitement was, uh, was, you know, Oddly enough, the uh, average wrestling fan not spending the time in the gym that the uh, the wrestlers do, uh, not not there for the long haul. Uh, right. I other mean, than, other than Erica Banis. I mean, Natch, but of course, uh, you know, I mean, Shawnee, you do bring up a really good point as far as just the structure of the broadcasting, and it and I it I would be surprised if this is kind of how it goes from here on out, because it, it is a very weird way to kind of go about your programming. And it's a very strange way to film your programming as well. Like, like that's a late night for a weeknight. Yeah. It just is. And like, obviously it's a little bit different, like in the summer kids are out of school, so you can say it a little later, but like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, watch this space watch the space but um what i wanted to say about the abaddon Britt baker thing the only thing i could think of as far as why they closed out the show is because they utilized thumbtacks and it's got to be a bitch to clean those up sure and it, it, it had to have been just for convenience sake at least in in the back of my mind um I think I you're, so. you're going into Halloween weekend. So yeah, let's end it with too. a spooky match. That's what um, they yes. did with New York too. They, you know, they had the big um, debut of, of CM Punk open the show. And right. it was very clearly because they understood that you were going to be able to ramp up the crowd only one more time. Right. Yeah, so you want right. people who are tuning in to see how excited the crowd is. And you hope that when the crowd is thinned out, 
and and the energy is lower that people have already tuned into the end you know they're like oh well this crowd seems pretty low energy the show's already over everyone's drunk yeah. move on sure. with your you know <laughs> your, your friday yeah. night <laughs> I, th- I, I, th- I will say it was a great episode like both both the matches the the matt seidel and dante martin match probably not a stinker just wasn't what i was looking for whereas right. you know the the first and the, and the last match were both fantastically in, in their own way i i yeah. could probably i could you know tell you all about abaddon and Britt baker because i laughed at some of the spots and some of the stuff caught me off guard i didn't think about that before it happened and then of course yeah. i am the table happened so oh boy i mean how unfair fortunate where it's just like oh none of these women are heavy enough for these right. goddamn tables yeah. right you got to give them a like, table that's what yeah. over on, you saw i mean we'll talk a little bit about smackdown too but over on smackdown you got to give them a your pumpkins man don't be slamming pumpkins on dudes or slamming yeah. dudes into pumpkins unless you gimmick it up oh yeah, yeah. oh for Yikes. sure yeah I, th- I i appreciate the you know not wanting to be a predictable card but listen a main event's a main event and you got to make your main event worth it because part of having that main event, especially for a live crowd, is giving the live crowd a reason to stick around, right? Because everyone's got their favorite superstars. Sure. There are a lot of a lot of wrestling fans that once I see X superstar, I'm good. You want to go? I'm good. Let's go, right? Right. But if you have a solid main event with big time names, yo, the, we can't miss that main event though, right? And when you give us, you can give us Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston to kick it off. That's fine. If you have a bigger main event to follow rampage started that way. Rampage started where the main event was the thing. And now they're kind of flip-flopping rampage these last few weeks. It doesn't make much sense because honestly, I don't mind where it is. I don't mind the day part. I don't mind the difference of, you know, a late Friday night. It's only an hour show. The pace is usually good. I'm good with all of that. Just give me a reason to stay up to watch that after watching two hours of SmackDown. And a gimmick it's, spectacle is not going to do it for you. No, no. It's it's fascinating to think too that they're probably doing this on Rampage specifically, but we've seen it on Dynamite too, where like the opening match is a Daniel Bryan or a CM Punk or a yeah. Adam Cole match. But I would think with Rampage specifically, they're doing it because they know a large percentage of their audience is tuning over from the end of a SmackDown yeah. where, you know, the main event has happened, which is going to be the, you know, the most important thing that happened in those two hours. And like, if they tune from that into another hour of wrestling and it's just right. And it's Matt starting, and it's it, just it starting it over like again. Secondary, yeah. Right. Then it's like, okay, well, I don't have to be here, but if we're going to start with something big, then you're like, Oh, I'm so glad I'm still watching wrestling two hours in. This is great. But the difference is though for dynamite, we know Dynamite's the main show. So no matter what the main event is, storytelling, so on and so forth, is going to keep us around. And that's yeah. why when Rampage first came around, I always said, let this be a third hour of Dynamite. Don't yeah. just give me matches to say you have matches. Don't say give me matches to make sure Rampage has a big card. Make it a third hour of Dynamite. Tell a damn good story. It doesn't always need to be a, a, a five-star match, or a, a pay-per-view main event style match, as long as it feels like a third hour of Dynamite. At first, it did, and now it's starting to feel like they're just putting these matches together to say they have a, a show rather than a continuation of Dynamite. And I think that's a big deal for people too because if it starts to feel like a, a main event with bigger names – I'm good. You know what I mean? I might watch it if I have time, but if I'm tired or if I'm at the show and I need to get home to work, 
let's just dip with Rampage later because, you know, nothing important happens on Rampage anymore. It's just a few nice matches. And if you're, if, if, if you're up for it, let's watch. And if not, I'm good, right? Make it must see, make it like, if you miss Rampage, you might be a little confused of what's going on on Dynamite. Well, the, I mean, the Daniel Bryan and Eddie Kingston match is like probably top five match of the year. A hundred percent. But then I'm out after that match is over, right? right? The whole hour needs to be, feel like a, a third hour of dynamite if that's what you want to do otherwise you're going to start losing people at least after the first match right let's and, talk and about that, the day I, no, I i think that you make a lot of sense and we're gonna have to you know well this is something we'll be talking about you know every week right for for yeah, a while sure. now is how this whole friday night mini war plays out but so what, why do you think this match was the top five what, what did you love about this match uh you know I love Eddie Kingston on the microphone. Um, he doesn't have the body of a wrestler and he doesn't have like the move set of a wrestler. He's more of a brawler wrestler. So getting him in the ring with somebody like a Daniel Bryan, who's very much a professional wrestler. Yes, yeah, so it's technical uh, as hail. Um, yeah, I might it, say. it could have been a clash of styles. And, and I thought to myself, I was like, man, I hope, I mean, I, I have nothing saying that it's not going to be great, but I hope it's not that clash of styles and I hope it, it works. And I, I feel like it did even, you know, uh, Kingston's got that kind of ridiculous thing. We saw him do it, I think on Wednesday, or maybe it was a couple of Wednesdays ago that chop in the corner spot where he just keeps slapping you over and over yeah, and over yes, like a machine yes. gun. Hey, a machine like, gun chops, baby. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, you know, that's not really doing any damage. It's just fun. It's just, it's, let it's, me stop for a moment here and say he and Mox both have working strikes yeah. that don't work. And right. I always thought that was pretty funny because right they're, they're both of them are supposed to be like the baddest man on the planet kind of, kind <laughs> exactly. of wrestlers. And they, uh, uh, I, oh, Dean Ambrose, I, it was really hard to get over with me because his working punches I thought were so silly. Was, yeah. <laughs> just, just swinging wildly. Yeah. I mean, the well, machine gun chops goes back to Kobashi. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if you really want to see him done well and like hilariously, like every time I see it on New Japan, I'm like, look at him go. He's having <laughs> so much fun. That's why look I thought him. I'd seen it on Wednesday because I'd actually catching up on on my uh, AEW wrestling. I'd finally saw the tag team match with Minoru Suzuki and he had done that with Suzuki and I was like oh this is this is a fun spot and then like a day later is when I saw you know it was Friday so I saw Rampage uh, but it was just good match man fucking good match Brian Danielson's as usual entire chest was just hamburger oh. um, which uh, and he fucking loves it I was just reading in one of the dirt sheets over the weekend him talking about some of the wrestlers that he wishes he could have fought and how much he enjoys that like they just it's not like they just let you do whatever when you get to AEW, but like they're super up. They don't hand you a script and they're super open to, man, can I, I know Minoru Suzuki's only here for three weeks. Can I fight Minoru Suzuki? Yeah, we'll make it happen. Sure. We'll figure it out next Wednesday. It'll be great. Everyone wants to see that. Well, and that's, I think in some ways, WWE broke themselves by, by enforcing, demanding this WWE style, right? Where it became like every worker had to sort of, come to the center it sort of destroyed the fact that each of these guys on the indies and historically would show up every night and not know you know they didn't have social media they didn't know their opponents they had to communicate right. these things in the ring and they streamlined it in wwe which you know obviously has been a great great success in many ways however now that there's competition it's it's a lot more fun i think to see to to me there's more uh, magic 
to two um, performers who are forced to improv with one another versus, mm-hmm. you know, we've learned this similar language and we've had to strip down uh, what we're able and allowed to do in order to just, you know, uh, plug and play. Um, WWE, the Duplo of professional of, of sports entertainment. <laughs> and, you know, we just came off a conversation talking about, you know, Dan Housen breaking his leg. And, and that's, you know, one of the, the risks of uh, kind of freestyling it in the ring is that, you know, it, it is a contact sport to a degree. And like, you're kind of running the risk of if you, if you guys don't communicate well and you don't know what you're doing in the ring, somebody is going to seriously get hurt and possibly not be able to do it uh, for a couple months, if not a couple years or ever again. Um, But it is, you know, um, John Moxley's book is coming out and we're seeing more and more of what's (laughs) going to be in that book. And he, there's a chapter I just read this morning. There was an excerpt about how, when the shield, got up to the main roster uh, the first night they handed him a script and he was like, all right, well, I can work around this. And it was made very clear to him. There's not working around. You are reading this. And he had this moment of like, I've made a terrible mistake because doing promos is something that he absolutely loves. And now that we've seen him do them in AEW, we can attest that like he's fucking good at it. He, yeah. He's got a, he communicates a passion very well. Um, and that's, it's just another one of those stories. Everybody that comes from the big leagues to this AEW, you know, comes up with these stories of like, man, it's such a joy to do professional wrestling the way I always wanted to do professional wrestling again. Well, and I think the difference is, and the reason why that's such a big thing for AEW is because professional wrestling has been popular long enough that the new guys coming up, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying give them a fucking mic and go, but they've get been sitting at home. <laughs> get <them done>, <laughs> hey, sometimes it works, right? Right. But, you know, I think professional wrestling has been long, around long enough that they've grown up watching it. They People come in with their own ideas, right? Sure. 15, 20 years ago when wrestling was just getting going right when i when in the sense of popularity and storytelling and taking the storytelling seriously Tele- television that. sort of establishing yes. things right i mean all you know, of that uh, you know farmer burns was wrestling 100 years ago sure. right let's, let's not forget so, right but you know <laughs> at the neck. time sure shut up and let the people who are writing and running this and figuring this out tell you what they're gonna say because this is all new to everybody Right I, now, it's been popular enough where people who have never even re- us four who have watched wrestling grow, we can sit at home and tell you what works in a promo and what doesn't. At least have a decent idea of what works and what doesn't. So you can only imagine someone who wants to be in the business and do it. The type of study they've done at home that they enter the business with their own ideas and you can no longer have the mindset of shut up you're reading this word for word do not do any difference just read this word for word that will no longer work it may have worked 15 20 years ago it's not a thing anymore it very rarely is it a thing right like seth rollins and roman reigns seem to really make it work but it's so it's so so rare it's so rare and i i'm specifically Seth Rollins I sort of marvel at because I don't think that he has a creative bone in his body if you listen to him (laughs) doing shoot interviews I think that 
he's he just takes the script and is like okay this is what i'm supposed to do and now i'm a superstar and he is a superstar and he's very very good at it but uh i i he's a guy that i'm not so sure would be he might look silly if he went over to aew for a good long time as he had to is he had to prove creative chops without somebody writing a script for him right yeah and and that's you know one of the things that they say too is that you and and it's one of the few things that i will actually uh, support as far as you know the way wwe runs things it's like once you have a proven track record now you've got the old man's ear now you can start playing around a little bit or throwing ideas at him once you've made him some john cena money then you can start talking to him you know about that kind of stuff but you know he's not just going to let anybody that says they're a professional wrestler come into his company and you know put a couple million dollars behind him and hope that they're right so no, and again, I, I is can... that gatekeeper thing we talked about last week, right? Where he, he he has to decide that you're allowed to be over. If you get over without his permission, you sure. actually get punished, sure. which is some dumb shit. Sure. No, absolutely. I remember I was just thinking while Justin was talking, uh, when I came back to wrestling and watching it uh, in like the 2000, 2001, 2002 era, I could because I would get the, the uh, pay-per-views, I would either videotape them or I'd get the DVDs. And then I kind of watched them quite a few times. I would fall asleep with them on, like listening to JR and the King talk was like uh, a happy space to like shut my eyes and be like, yeah, professional wrestling is going on. Everything is fine. I can relax. Um, but I remember being able to tell year to year to year, the change in work rate, like the matches got slower. They started uh, hitting each other a little bit less hard. Uh, you saw less and less dangerous spots in the matches. And I always just kind of expected it. it's like, well, as a fan, I'm like, well, this sucks because it was cooler last year. But I also kind of understand that, like, maybe you're trying to make sure people aren't out or injured or possibly killed, uh, you know, or crippled well. in the ring. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you can only do so much, I guess, but... <laughs> And I know I think you make a lot of sense and I, you know, and attempting to become a television commodity, there was some of that requirement, which is why the, the attitude era was so odd, right? Like, yeah, this, this the talk about the pendulum swinging. Now we are almost back to the cartoon era yeah. again, sure. where we've just stripped down roster of characters who are very much in a box, right? Nikki Ash, yeah. you know, she likes that character uh, that, you know, we can criticize it. She likes that character. It seems to be, you know, Asuka, another one. She, she basically seems to be doing what she enjoys, um but it's a very narrow very narrow approach and you keep just showing up week after week as that same character doing that very same narrow thing and that's become tiresome for a lot of us and probably for, sure. for younger people as you, that you make an interesting point chuck it's probably a comfort zone thing right but prime time for three hours on a monday night is an odd time to put comfort food on for young people yeah <laughs> for sure it's an awkward phase right now for WWE because you mentioned they went into the cartoon era, right? And they, they, they got away from it a little bit. They didn't go back, obviously back to the attitude era, but they got away from it a little bit, but then AEW comes in, you know, and the the joke going around right now is the words that you say on TV to be edgy, right? You know, say shit, whatever. (laughs) Right. And now AEW comes out. Come on. (laughs) I told you he's got a dark side. I told you. Uh, this this Justin Valentine working blue. It's so unprofessional. Oh man, I think I think that's how you get over in wrestling is you say shit. So hopefully oh, twice in one show. <laughs> but 
Chuck Taylor's so have, pissed right now. So you have <laughs> WWE who they're tr- at times trying to be edgy, right? The girls are calling each other bitch every other promo. Sure. Uh, you know, there's been a couple of times where that word that I just said twice has come out on WWE, right? There have there's a, 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 a some more sexual references here and there when you're taking jabs and whatever it may be. Um, but then you have, as Shawnee mentioned, Nikki Ash. So now they're trying to do both. Now we're trying to please the kids, but also be edgy. You can't do that in one show because now we're, it's awkward. You know what I mean? You got to choose one lane and you right. got to live in it. You know, kids are either going to watch you or they're not. It's just like music, right? People release songs and there's swear words in it. And it might be about sex every now and then. Kids still listen to you, whether they're supposed to or not. Kids still listen to you. And I think that's where wrestling in general just needs to live. I think you you don't try to push being kid friendly. Be what wrestling, what we know wrestling to be. Kids are still going to watch you, whether they're supposed to or not. I shouldn't have been watching wrestling when I was a kid, yet my parents still took me to go see it. So just just don't overdo it, obviously. There's obviously lines and so on that you should not cross. But you don't, stop trying to push being kid-friendly. You're not. Wrestling is not kid-friendly. Professional I, wrestling is not kid-friendly. It's not meant to be. When Shane Helms became the Hurricane, for a second there, I thought, like, maybe if they take Sunday Night Heat – or like Saturday night shotgun. And they just make this hour of like the kids show that I grew up with where everybody was kind of a cartoon character and you could, you know, base it around the superhero hurricane. Like that would be kind of fun, but it was the same thing you guys are talking about where it's like, you got a guy who's a superhero, but then uh, coming up right after that, we've got a dude who burnt his parents' house down and killed them. So, you know, <laughs> take from that what you will. But- right. Well, if you have very, very talented creatives working you can do i mean the simpsons um spongebob these are great vehicles for entertainment that appeal to both kids and adults however when you have an ancient psychopath making all of the decisions probably not going to play out quite as well as your favorite nick tune but the only thing (laughs) the only thing i'll say about the hurricane though what do they do with hurricane they still it wasn't it wasn't overly pushing to be kid friendly superhero in training. Oh yeah. Shit. Right. Like it wasn't it like it had a kid vibe to it, but it wasn't overly cheesy. Like Nikki ashes um, that is clearly just trying to get over with kids. Well, while we're on the subject of cartoony stuff, I do want to point out that a cartoony thing that absolutely worked on Friday night, SmackDown was dead in the middle of SmackDown when Xavier Woods knighted Kofi Kingston. Uh, it was such a charming bit that like yes. Amy came home from what she was doing that night and I had it on the TV and she stopped what she was doing and, she, and we watched it and the crowd was super into it and yes. Kofi bends down so that Xavier can knight him and we both, without saying it, we talked about it later, but we both had the same reactions like, please don't turn Xavier heel. Please don't uh, blast yes. Kofi. Don't cuts, ruin- cuts his head right off with that sword. Don't ruin this, please. And the and, right. And they did. <laughs> and it was thank goodness. Thank yeah, that goodness. that is my worry. I, I don't know. I I I, st- I do still worry about that, even though they did that and that was great. I worry now that Xavier's king, that one of them's going heel. 
we've been thinking that about the new day for years that it's like oh biggie's gonna turn it kofi's got the title but biggie should have it he's gonna turn on the new day because he's not being appreciated so you know i think especially in this environment and and one in which uh, you know they have um they're allowed to have a digital empire that's actually owned by wwe they probably have the cards to say no like you know what no we will just sit and we will wait till this contract's over and we will be the biggest stars in aew just like we have built ourselves to built ourselves into being the biggest stars on your show so how about no right like i I feel like they are in a position to be able to do that i I can almost i can almost see out of the three of them i could see austin creed talking the other two into like look we're going to be huge wherever we go and they're screwing with us let's go make impact must-see television sure and they would that too. would be that would take some balls. I would admire the hell out of it. Let's get let's get Brizango signed to Impact, and we'll yes. go over there. And then when the Usos are done, they've got a landing spot, and we'll just take the goddamn show over. Yeah, I think the one thing and that worries me about no one watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> still, nobody's watching. I'll, I'll check out what they did. Must try to figure out how to see TV. Right. <laughs> I think I think the one thing that makes me worry about this run being where they one of them turns heel is as lovable as they all are, including Xavier Woods. He has an arrogance about him that would make him a a good heel. Right. No, I'm saying him as a person. He has that arrogance about him that would make him a good heel. Right. Think about way, way back when, when New Day first became a thing. Oh, Xavier sure. Woods was the mindset trying to recruit people in and ended up it ended up being Biggie and Kofi. But he I don't was think, the heel mindset that had that going. At I don't time. think turning the New Day heel is the concern. Turning them on each other is the concern. Yeah. No, I know that. But that's my point, though, is you, you see Xavier Woods, how he is as a king. And he plays that arrogance so well that. I could, I don't want to see it, but I could definitely see him looking at Kofi and saying, I'm the king. What are you right now? Right. Well, they could so I guess the title match. Let me ask yeah. you guys, what is it that makes you not want to see them do a heel run? Because they're too good together. They're too good. Like I think. Well, they'd be working think, together still. Right? No, but I know they're too good together. I, I don't think it does you any good. I really don't. This is a rare time where like normally tag teams run its course. This is how good these three are together. No, I don't. I don't see the new day ever running its course to the point where this would be beneficial to anybody. I think people would genuinely hate seeing these guys fight each other. That it would even if they put on good matches, it would not be good business. The only if they put on good matches together, have it be a respect thing, right? Right. Think about when Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio were a tag team and they had a respect match at WrestleMania 21. Let it be one of those. And then if, they fought if, over if, Dominic six months and later. Fought, and, and, and that still brings jokes 15, 16 years later. Yep. It still brings bad jokes because that was a dumb, that was a dumb angle. But if you're going to do, if you really want to do Kofi versus Xavier or Big E or whatever, have it be a respect thing. You're still my brother, but I want that title. You're still my brother, but I want to be king. Whatever it is, have it be though. If they wanted to do it, they should have had them uh, paired off in the King of the Ring tournament. If that's yeah. what they really wanted to do. No, yeah, I would, and that would have been the opportunity to see, like to test how that works. Right. To, yes. Right. Yeah. I'd be all for uh, them going to be like, they were great bratty heels. They were a lot of fun. 
Xavier making, you know, with it. He, he is, it is a crime that he hit this one person is such a good talker, has great body, makes terrific facials for the camera, and is also a great wrestler in the ring. Like, it's not fair. He's yeah. such a total package. He so- is Rita Hayworth. He gives good face. Yeah. 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 Madonna, <laughs> Vogue, reference. Do it now. Big fan of Rita Hayworth, Erica. Big fan of Rita Hayworth. Good call. T- title of that? Ep. We're big fans of Rita Hayworth. Big fan of Rita Hayworth. We would Who? be in a Rita Hayworth room if Justin Valentine wasn't. <sighs> I don't know what you're talking about. Can we just go back to talking about? <laughs> well, she, was a, she was a golden age Hollywood star. It is not really. Gotcha. A, you have, it's a pretty specific niche at this point. Yeah. The other great part about Friday night is the Usos only get to do this maybe two or three times a year. But I love it when the Usos come out in the middle of somebody doing something and go, "Whoa, whoa!" That was whoa. I was surprised that's how they came out because that was a a random pull of it because we haven't seen that in so long. And that was a, a face move for them, right? Yeah. Like when they were, you know what I Amy mean? Was, Amy was convinced they were trying to pop uh, Xavier and Kofi. Oh, sure. They were I already doing that. goofy shit and making goofy faces. They're like, <laughs> what if we go out there and say, whoa, like way too many times? Way too at many some, times. <laughs> at some point, one of them is going to lose it. Yeah. And I think, you know, we talked about it earlier, you know, certain people that can have fun with their promos. Those yeah. are four guys that can do it right there. I mean, look what they yeah. let them do in the rap battle years ago. I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like those are four guys, five, when you include Biggie that you put those five in a promo and they you don't just like give them shit. 20 minutes. Yeah. You give yes. them 20 minutes and an idea and say, yeah. all right, you got this. Yep. And they will. And they will every single time. I love, I will never ever no matter how many times we see them together i will never be bored of those two in a two teams in a promo match or anything together because it is so damn good so good and shot i'm so glad the usos found that that groove right because remember how they came in and then you know it it wasn't working with to me what was it tamina yeah. Well, both the Usos and the New Day had like the gimmicks just seemed terrible. They were like yes. very right. childish gimmicks, and they yes. both figured out how to to work them over. Oh yeah, the Usos for the longest time when they had the neon paint, yeah, they, they were just like the the dancing silliest like. The yeah, I mean, like these are action figures, you know, yep. dancing on a string, and uh, both grew. And, and listening there, you know, we talked about this many times, Chuck, in the uh, in the Lost episodes, that there had been interviews where, like, when they were going, when the New Day first became the New Day, they sort of went to Vince McMahon, and they were like, "All right, we're going to stand our ground. We're going to have our plan." Yep. You know, uh, Xavier had a big notebook of, you know, uh, all, all of his ideas that he had been writing down since the NXT days. And they were like, all right, we're going to get in there. We're going to we're going to be a team. We're going to hit we're going to hit the big time, the prime time running as long as as long as we don't get Southern Preacher. Uh, <laughs> gimmicks. Yeah. And then they basically got the Southern Preacher gimmicks and they were like, son of a bitch. First off, the old man got us. <laughs> yeah. But. But secondly, they were like, we're going to start as baby faces. This is going to immediately become heel because it's a bad idea from an olden time. Yep. And we're going to work it back into being baby faces. And that's exactly what they did. And it took them probably only about a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember when they would come out and cut heel promos because I think 
what was that? I think they were against Roman when Roman first got cashed in on by Sheamus, maybe. And that they were, right. and they were, you know, cutting a promo against, you know, Roman who was supposed to be a face. And I think that helped the New Day too. I think that's not talked about enough because again, that was during the time when they were pushing Roman and nobody was in on this Roman push. Right. And the right. New Day was the heels that Roman was supposed to be, you know, uh, rivaling and. Everyone Every, loved not, the new day, and, and everyone loved yeah. the new day. <laughs> yeah. and at the same time, no one wanted Roman to get a push anyway. Yep. So we're gonna root for these guys. I mean, I think that helped the new day even more. I, I, I mean, I think I don't think anything would have changed no matter who they were going at, but I think that helped them at least quicker uh, when it comes to making the bases because you know they were going after a guy that no one wanted. They, when you're agreeing with the heels, right? You know what I mean, like. That's when, you know, they turn them face. And a lot of times I would say you don't necessarily have to turn the heels face because we're agreeing with the heels. Uh, but that's obviously it's worked out for the new day. So. Do you guys see anything about Halloween Havoc last week? NXT? No, nope. sorry. A little bit. Mandy, uh, Mandy Rose won her title oh. match against Raquel nice. Gonzalez. Yep. And I saw Sonia Deville shot her out. Good yeah. for her. Listen, I, I, you know, they, I'm, I don't know how different NXT 2.0 is. And I'll tell you that because the way and the timing that they blew up NXT, I'm, I'm very far behind on NXT and it is no, rightfully so rightfully. And, uh, so it's, it's a different looking show. Um, the way it's, it's done is very strange, but there's like these little, these little bits of it that are still kind of like the NXT that we loved anyways. And that's what it is. It's like, you changed something that didn't need to be changed. Yeah. It was hundred percent unnecessary. And now it's very low on my to-do list to get back. I want to, at some point, I, I do want to binge it at some point and get back, you know, up to date, but it's very low on my priority list because, you know, when I fall behind on Raw SmackDown or AEW, I'm like, I need to make sure, you know, I catch up. I don't want to fall too far behind because you got this pay-per-view or whatever. NXT, I'm like, I'll get, uh, tonight, well, the clip, no, I got busy. The clip notes you need to know is that, uh, Mandy Rose is the first, I saw somebody on Twitter say this. She's the first, um, tough enough winner or tough wow. enough contestant to actually have a heavyweight title of some sort, Nice. which How is kind that? of, a, yeah, that's kind of a neat thing, but her yeah. entire team toxic attraction won the tag team titles. So their faction has all the women's gold right now. Um, Tommaso Ciampa won his match against Braun Breaker and he was dressed as uh, Kratos from God of War, mm. which is kind of fun. I did see a picture of him, yes. And Solo Sokoa uh, showed up, who is the younger Uso. Oh. And yep. you can absolutely tell he's got almost identical tattoos as Roman Reigns. He looks exactly like both the Usos in the face and he's got the blonde hair of Rikishi. So it's like this like <laughs> yeah, mishmash of every Uso family member that you've ever seen in one well, person. I'm glad it took him 20 years to make tough enough relevant, but yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, it's the long game. Yeah. Right. Long-term <laughs> it's a real long game. <laughs> long-term storytelling score. Oh man. And they I also do- uh they're they're taking Tommaso over to and Braun Breaker over to uh Liverpool when they do their um they're doing their i think it's next week they're doing their like their uk run and uh they're yeah. going to be part of that show it's going to be one of the cards is champa versus breaker versus sammy zane in a triple threat Ooh. and that card Sammy's also that card also has cesaro versus walter uh, that's, that's interesting yeah that's interesting is that a broadcasted show yeah 
Uh, it's the show in Liverpool, Nottingham, and Manchester is supposed to have those, and that is November seventh, eighth, and ninth. So I don't oh, know so where those that, are those live shows. Uh, yeah, I don't know where those fall okay. as far. So yeah, seventh, eighth, and ninth is like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I don't think that's going to be on any of the televised shows. Oh, good. So they're putting the good stuff on house shows. Yeah, Jeez, Jesus WWE. Amazing. Cesaro, <laughs> Cesaro versus Walter, and they're. You guys, oh you guys. God. Cesaro's yeah. not doing anything on SmackDown. You might as well just run with that. Or Raw. What, what show is he on anymore? Fucking Raw, isn't he? I don't know. Who knows? Not doing has he appeared since the draft? No, I don't think no. they can't figure out what to do with him. Uh, you know, God. he's too talented. He's too handsome. <laughs> right. You know, he's got everything that, you know, but uh, what do you get? You know, what, what do you do? What do you do with a, a guy like Cesaro? You show yeah. him. You put him on it's house because he can't cut a pro. Quit putting a damn mic in his hand. Like, come on. English is in his first language and uh, get him, get him a mouthpiece. Get him yes. a mouthpiece. Yeah. That's it. They had him with Paul Heyman. My God, him with Paul yeah, Heyman. Yeah, for like How two weeks. Good. Right. Yeah. For like two weeks. How good would that have been? He knew he would never have to say a word, right? Like a Brock Lesnar. He oh never said a word for 10 years when he was back in WWE. Did you guys see, first of all, did you see Kayla Braxton's Halloween costume? She was dressed as Paul Heyman on the bump and it was amazing. I guess this is a thing because last year on Talking Smack, uh, when her co-host was Sami Zayn, she showed up as Sami Zayn. Uh, (laughs) And if you could find that video, I'll I'll try and retweet it to you because I saw it over the weekend and it is delightful. But then also the dark match after Friday night was the Usos and Roman Reigns against, I think the street profits and somebody else. And Paul Heyman tagged himself into the match. Saw that. Yeah. And the video is, is freaking amazing. It's, it's freaking great. I'll try and share that. And you can, uh, you can retweet it on our, our uh, Twitter. So everyone can see it. Cause that is, a cre- that is a creepy Paul Heyman costume. Like <laughs> oh my, I don't know how well yeah, you can be able good. to see this. I like, uh, I like seeing well. all the wrestler. Uh, not well. Sorry. All the it's wrestlers all right. dressed up for Halloween parties, like Shotzi was dressed as Frankenhooker, which was really kind of funny. <laughs> um, and Frank Lauder movie from the 80s, uh, exploitation artist. John Morrison showed up with Frankie Monet at a Halloween party dressed as Dave Meltzer with like a bunch of stars he was handing out to people. Nice score. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's quality. It was real yeah. good. You mentioned uh, Shotzi, by the way. Shout out to Shotzi Blackheart getting some. Uh, I mean, granted they keep pulling her all over the place. Yeah, getting her. Let's just turn. Let's just turn Shotzi heel. Sasha. Kids don't like the girl with the green hair that drives a tank. Let's just turn her heel. The the one wrestler they have that is quite literally action figure ready. They're like, nah, kids aren't gonna like this. Yeah, because yeah. if you're gonna turn her heel, that tank's gonna. We're never gonna see that tank again. And that's and that yeah, one hundred percent. Like you said, action figure ready. But nah. Uh, and one other thing I wanted to make sure we brought up. Shout out to Greg Hamilton. Did we see the ring announcer? Did you hear about what happened to him? No. No? I mean, I, mean, I know he was let go, but why? So he's, he's an odd one. I'm not sure what's all going on. I know he's got some family stuff. He, but he's an odd one. So he 
went at an artist and I can't, I, it's not a big time artist. I'm not sure the artist's name off the top of mind, but I guess they used his voice in one of his songs and didn't get his permission, which obviously, oh. if, you know, rightfully so. Okay. Right. But Greg Hamilton took that opportunity to put his big boy pants on and act like he was the face of WWE and went off on this artist for his shitty music. Yes. That's a quote. Um, and said, good luck dealing with WWE lawyers, buddy. And then the next day was let go. <laughs> and after he was let go, he went on to explain that it was mutual, quote unquote, that he has some family stuff that he needs to tend to and whatever. Now, if that is the truth and he has family stuff, of course, we wish him the best. But I'm the timing is suspicious. Bullshit. Yes. Yeah. I'm smelling Vince McMahon looked at him and said, I'm sorry, you said what? I guess the group is called West Side Gun. West Side Gun. Okay. Um, yeah, I, he said something along the lines of good luck dealing with WWE lawyers. I mean, he he thought he was John Cena, Roman Reigns mixed into one. Did and, they sample uh, him introducing Shane McMahon as the best in the world? Yes. Zoom cut you out because you were howling. <laughs> Even Zoom was like, nah. Yeah, we're not doing this. Zoom's we're like, not goddamn doing it. this. What are you doing? What Zoom doing? does not want to deal with WWE lawyers. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. Or Greg Hamilton, for that matter. Yeah. So like the guy a guy yeah, there was, uh, you know, I think he's dealing with a lot in his personal life. There was another story from a few months ago where he was uh, clearly off during a show and I think he had gotten word about something going on with his family at home. So I think he's got a lot going on, but you know, it, you know, I, it seems like he comes off as a little odd to work with. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, this, this turn of events of you go off on somebody for using your voice, the next day you're released and now you're trying to say it's a mutual decision. Um, I don't know about that, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, but who knows? It could be. I mean, you know, it could be. But they're pushing I mean, Alistair sure. Black and then to cut him. Who? who, who yeah, that's very hell? true. But right. at, but at the same time, you know, don't tell me you would have used the line "WWE lawyers" if you were already planning on leaving. So. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's ingratiating himself for a big comeback. <laughs> this will bring who an knows? Who knows? No, I. No, it, it is weird. I don't, yeah. I, I guess I, the idea of being such a company man just is so alien to me. Maybe it's why I'm absolutely not successful in life, but I just can't imagine being like, all right, you rappers, how dare you? My dad who runs the WWE <laughs> is going to be real pissed. Like, <laughs> now you've done it. Mind, mind your, <laughs> do your job and go home. What are you yes, doing? <laughs> well, especially when like, here's the thing. Goddamn suck up. this is not a knock on ring announcers or whatever but listen 70 percent of the wrestling universe does not know the ring announcers names please stop acting like you are the stars of the company you know what i mean like you have a first off you should be i would if if it's me right and i got a job in wwe as a ring announcer making the money he's probably making and and someone decided to use my voice in the song i'm not gonna I, I i would be like thank you i appreciate it right like this isn't howard finkel that we're talking about right it's fucking greg hamilton which like 
okay, he was good for the Shane McMahon thing, but he's not a big name. He's not like the guy. Why are you acting like it? Like he tried to put his big boy pants on and sounds like he got cut, but he wants it to be a mutual thing. Mm. Well, well so right. cut. let's cut this episode. We've had enough. Yeah. We've had enough. And it's, had it's enough. Justin's going to want to watch Raw. Uh, the no, rest of us are going to want to watch Monday Night Football. Avoid Raw. Who's playing tonight? Uh, Giants, Chiefs. I, the Lions got their asses hand to them yesterday. I thought it was <laughs> yeah, 36 to 6, and I laughed, and then I saw it was 46 <laughs> to 6. I was like, yeah. oh my lord. Even better. What a beating. Just a, painful. They yeah, suck so the offense. They do suck have, the defense. They got, their have, asses, right. they got their asses kicked. <laughs> <laughs> do we have Euchre fans in the building? Yeah. Yay and nay. Bob Euchre? No. Oh, I love Bob Euchre. I must Uecker. be in the front row. <laughs> Do we do we know the game euchre? I, I mean, euchre. yeah, but like I'm not good at oh, it. I know. No, no, I know no, no. I, the reference that is always made when it comes to the Lions is you're playing with nines and tens and asking to go alone, and you can't do anything. And those that know the game of euchre will understand that is impossible. Those are the worst possible cards you can have, and that's what the Lions have right now. Okay, but yeah, it also makes that's zero what the Lions sense. Had last year and the, and the year, year before. before. No, that's a lie. No, 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 no. Before that, because then you have our guy Matt Stafford, who is most likely going to the damn Super Bowl this year. So we did not have nines and tens in the past. We also have a Calvin Johnson that's in the Hall of Fame. We've also had what used to be a top defense in the league. I can go on and on what we had. Oh, I forgot. Just awful, awful, awful ownership that built the team on Nazi. One hundred percent. But this year specifically, we are. You say on Nazi gold and Nazi money. Oh. Close. Henry Ford is a fascist. It's like we're some in, Indiana Jones bullshit going on here. I didn't know about. <laughs> we're literally playing with nothing this year. No, zero no, at any position. I agree. And it's, it's not done. even a rebuilding to year. It's a flushing out the engineer. Yes, because we don't have anything. Zero. Justin, yeah. I am twice your age. Football is the one sport Detroit has never been good at in my entire lifetime. But we've had good players. But we've never been good. But we've had good players. I mean, yeah, but like, it doesn't really matter. Players. It doesn't matter if we haven't, if we have nothing to show for it. That's fair. You know, so we have a playoff it, win. Shawnee, where can we find <laughs> we a playoff win? Yes. High five. Shawnee, Shawnee where, where can we find all of us? on the internet. I don't know. I was just trying to end this Lions talk because it was making me sad. Erica, <laughs> you want to see what Erica Banis is up to? Google, Google it. it. Google it. <laughs> you might find some of my Rock Hall coverage, which, by yeah. the way, was um, pretty amazing to be there for. All I'm not right. going to lie. All right. We're going to talk about pictures. that after we wrap up here. Justin Valentine, you uh, you do Chuck Bean's favorite podcast. I do. The yeah. Chuck talk pay-per-view pod. Uh, we will have an episode coming up. First one in a while, actually, because uh, the Saudi show kind of broke everything up. Uh, but we got full gear coming up in a couple of weeks. So I will be doing an episode on that at PPV underscore pod on social media. It's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. What are you doing the these best days, Chuck? podcast in the world? And it cut off again. <laughs> what are you, what are you, just... Where can people find you, Chuck? Uh, Nerd Radio over in WRAF.com. Talking about all sorts of stuff. Sometimes wrestling, but mostly video games and comic books. All that bullshit. All right. And I'm Shawnee Constant. You can find oh, and my... don't forget Super Universe. I'm sorry. Don't forget Jeez. Super Universe. Twitch.tv backslash Limit Break Radio. Zoom's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this kid out of the damn chat in a minute all right i'm gonna mute myself now go ahead sean
All right, you can find my new cats on uh, on uh, Shawnee.constant on Instagram, and uh, I occasionally use the at one fall show Twitter. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I thought this was a fun conversation. Erica, this is supposed to be fun, and I think that we succeeded. Nailed it. Nailed it. Have fun, everybody. Be safe. Score. And don't fall in the hole. All right. I wrote uh, episode poten- or potential episode titles on the envelope of my absentee ballot. Um, well, the the well, no, the envelope that my absentee ballot came in, I turned it in today because tomorrow is an election day. But here we go. Uh, they went hard. I I I don't know. We said that they went uh, hard. They went hard. Uh, Shout out see. to Smacked Raw. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the fiend would have scared all of us as children. Uh, Shawnee was a, but Sean, it, it, you know, parentheses, Shawnee was a fearless child, or that could be one or the other. Either way, yeah. these were just some of my notes. Um, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> With two exclamation points. Yeah, it's uh, got to be two. Here. It's got to be yes. two. Yes. Uh, you know, this was a buzz phrase. This episode, wrestling is not kid friendly. Yeah. Um, Big fans of Rita Hayworth, which I Ooh. love as an ep- I love Big as fans. an episode title because, well, I am a gay man trapped in a straight woman's body, uh, and then <laughs> z- and then lastly, uh, Zoom does not want to deal with WWE lawyers. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, so, can I tell you? Uh, I'll I'll try to make this story quick from the Rock Hall because I could go on about the whole thing, but. Okay, let me let's go back in uh, in the time machine. So a, a few years back, me and one of my close friends, we bought tickets to a festival. The Foo Fighters were headlining it. Uh, we bought the tickets in around April. And then in July, she tells me she's pregnant. So I'm like, okay, now this festival was in September. So I'm like, hey, and also the festival was called Bourbon and Beyond. So it was a festival. I mean, all festivals are about drinking and and substances, but this one, like in the title, there's bourbon here (laughs) and it was in Kentucky and it was hotter than hell, but we'll get to that in a hot second. Uh, I'm like, hey, you're going to be all pregnant and shit. And like she she was having like, you know, with her first pregnancy, she had issues with um, high blood sugar and gestational diabetes and stuff like that, uh, which happens with pregnant women. And she was having these issues again, second pregnancy. I'm like, hey, um, are you going to be able to go? And she's like, yeah, yeah, we'll be, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. She was not fine for this festival. Okay. So we drive down to Kentucky. Um, She like, like she was just, miserable to be around it was hotter than hell she was like bitching about like random things like we were watching a set of um oh god i can't remember the spin doctors it was not the spin (laughs) doctors trust me if this was the spin doctors i would have led with that little months ago so all right so but like we're watching this one said it was oh it was um oh god sugar ray uh willie no it was willie nelson's kid good one um lucas nelson and promise of the real great band and like they were like young people like dancing in front of us and she's just like "Ugh!" i'm like you're mad at people dancing what the hell is wrong with you so she was just a very angry pregnant woman 
Foo Fighters were headlining night one. We had VIP tickets. We were second row. Mind you, it was hot as hell. We were both tired, but we're like, no, it's the Foo Fighters. We got we to gotta make it. Three songs into the set. She's like, I can't. I, I got to go back to the campsite. Oh. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, so I can do one of two things. I can let my pregnant friend with some health issues walk back, take the long walk back to the campsite, and maybe she'll make it. I don't know. Or I could do the good thing and leave second row Foo Fighters Festival so I make sure she's safe. Right. I took option two. I don't necessarily regret it. I would like to protest that being the good thing. <laughs> That's helping a bad person. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Shouldn't have been there in the first place. I mean, well, first of all, she like what I didn't know, and she let like she let slip during the festival that she and her husband were trying to get pregnant when I pitched the idea to go to this festival. Had she have told me, I know. Okay. Jesus I, Christ. Okay, I first of all, I'm so glad I'll Ashley, see you after the show. Ashley probably doesn't listen to this podcast so i'm really glad you guys are like angry right now so actually i'm sorry sorry hope the kid's nice but uh well here's the thing like thank god that baby boy is cute because if she gave birth to an ugly baby who like was just a pain in the ass a little bit on i left second row for this demon scene yeah right there in the hospital this is the shit to get this reference but that baby's ugly i don't I don't get it, but it's okay. a drop Drew and Mike used to use all the time. Or ah, you fade, motherfucker. Or you, <laughs> or you go listen to Stephen Lynch's song, Damn, That's an Ugly Baby. Damn, that's an ugly uh, baby. baby. God uh, damn, that's an ugly ass baby. So, like, so there's tension in the air. She's clearly not feeling it. We had tickets for day one and day two of the festival. I'm like, if we try and do day two of this festival, we may not be friends afterwards. And we have to make the drive from Louisville back to Detroit. So I'm, uh, so I pitched to her like, shout go, out hey. to our friend Elizabeth. She lives in Louisville. Hey, well, there hey. you go. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, do you want to go home? And she went, I wouldn't hate going home. So I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'll eat the ticket amount. Because, uh, because, because it was worth, y- y- at least it's like, a nice drive down 75 through Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, the past basically three years in the back of my mind, every time, like I kind of thought about the food fighters a lot, I thought like it would always pop in my mind. I'm like, I had second row and yeah. I left um, and I no. left. I would never. So she wouldn't have come with me in the first place. I trust me. She, well, first of all, she should, she had no business buying tickets. She should have told me from the get-go that she was trying to get pregnant, but I digress. Um, So when I went to cover the rock hall ceremony on Saturday and I saw the Foo Fighters get inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame. And then I saw them jam with Paul McCartney at the end of the show. I'm like, okay, I think I can, I think I can finally put the negative t- negativity behind me because I got go. to experience. I got, I, I can finally let it go. Cause let's face it. If there's anybody that holds on to a grudge, Oh, it's me. Oh, I love me a grudge. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's so awesome. I'll hang um, out with that grudge. Actually, I should have never went to that damn festival. Oh, right, to- all right. Let Erica finish. So great stuff. 
great was time. great. So, I mean, it was it was just um, it was a magical night. I got to see Carol King perform. That nice. was cool. LL Cool J performed a crazy yeah, wasn't, set. Uh, wasn't Eminem on stage with LL Cool J? I thought I saw a picture of that. That was a surprise. He was not announced. He just all of a sudden like walked out and we're like, um, nice. what? Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. So it was because with like Who's basically kid. They <laughs> Justin? No. <laughs> this isn't 21 pilots. What's he doing here? What's going on here? You know, what was funny about the way that they they conducted the show, it was it was similar to like attending a WWE show to where you could tell the order that they did it is definitely the order that it's going to be broadcast. Mm. So when like because they they kicked off the show and they played probably what's what's going to be like the signature at the start of the special when it airs right. on HBO uh, later this month. And they were shooting down the names like everyone who was going to be there and like names were popping up that were not previously announced so like when they when eminem's name got brought people were like yeah! and nice. then like chappelle showed up people were like what chappelle's here like it was wait it a was minute crazy. Chappelle, yeah chappelle dicey. showed they're very dicey at this moment yeah it, it i mean yes but could, at the same time either way yeah. yeah at the same time chappelle's yeah, lives in Ohio now, and this was very much an Ohio crowd. Sure. Um, you could tell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like you could. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, it was a great show. I mean, and it's it's been like you know, I've told you guys, I went to school to be a journalist. I always wanted to write about music, and I always wanted to. And I this is the first time I got to be in the room to see the ceremony i had worked backstage at the rock hall before in like the the press area which is still cool um but like there i was and in the press row i had my laptop and then i got my little placard and my shit's plugged in and then i'm just i'm just working clicking away it was awesome it was great and now i can i can finally let go of uh a grudge but apparently no. i maybe have passed it along to you guys yeah because no. now apparently <laughs> all three of you are angry i better i better never meet this ashley chick in my life okay. I, I will make sure of that Jesus. i will make sure of that because you'll be like oh you're ashley yeah, you're yeah. ashley yeah. we've got a problem yeah, mental yeah. note she is not talk? to uh, be invited to the charcuterie <laughs> no well i will have a separate charcuterie for kind of that friend group That's um, fine. and i i mean and you I, can mix them we're just gonna have a chat i'll, I'll be i'll be cordial i'll have a good time but we'll i just talk. love it like um ashley a word a word <laughs> it's so just like, you like to tell us ashley or uh yeah, right. or are you being honest with us you know I, friends are usually not deceptive liars i love yeah. the fact that i could just imagine like oh and guys this is ashley and just the three of you mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. nope oh. nope can't do it can't do this and then we'll just um, look up hey, there's a really expensive cool thing far away would you like to drive there and then drive back <laughs> <laughs> i'll pay why not <laughs> man man i once again i thought i was bitchy you three oh no sean shawnee <laughs> I used yeah, to, I'm, I, I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> when we were teenagers, I used to say, Shawnee is a lot of fun to hang out with, but I pray to God he's never aimed at you. <laughs> yeah, I, I get wow. Crabby. I get crabby. 
that's so great. Poor well, Ashley. <laughs> well, once again, I hope she never listens to this. Oh, I, 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 I don't understand. I, she doesn't like wrestling, but it'd be like the one time she's like, yeah. I tuned into your show. Right. Well, <laughs> well, she's like, title, I hope <laughs> Ashley never listens to this. Then <laughs> <laughs> just go through Twitter and Ashley, tag every Ashley. Ashley don't there open this. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, well, that was my story. That was my big rock hall uh, story. Cool. Good for you. Very cool. That's You're having amazing. a great run. Y'all, Justin's having a great run. Chuck, you and I, not doing so well. <laughs> yeah. If it was gonna happen, if it was gonna happen, it would have happened by now. So we're just here. That's so fucked yeah. up. That's not fair to you guys. No, I'm like, hey, fair. Shawnee has two new cats, so that's yeah. You got some new kit kitties to play with. I got some that's cool video games to play. I've got a wonderful, a beautiful wife that makes me wonderful oh, dinners. Yeah, see that nothing beats that. Gosh, you have a you have a beautiful wife that puts up with your dairy intolerance, which, she by does. the way, like oh, I yeah. really with, like preparing brunch. I'm like, wow, I really like dairy because like I'm looking at ingredients. I'm like, oh, I can make this recipe. I'm like, no, I can't. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to no. So, yeah, wow. it's all good. Oh, so My favorite Eminem cool. moment is when he got into a fist fight with the puppet Triumph the Insult comic dog. Yeah. At the MTV Music oh, Awards. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to punch the puppet <laughs> like he was going to knock it out. It's on someone's <laughs> hand, Eminem. What are you doing? At the same time, it's like you're gonna you're gonna pick a fight with Robert Smigel. Ooh, okay, big man. Oh no, he got a fight with the puppet. <laughs> well, once again, Robert Smigel's the one who's got his hand yes, up his yes, butt. Yes, yes. But it's like That's if you've amazing. ever Google Robert Smigel, because you're like, really, this guy? Come on, stop. <laughs> All right, good time, everybody. That was fun. Show. Yes, that was great. Okay. Have a good night, y'all. Get me crying. <laughs>